Hey. Hello. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Pascal Pod. Uh, I am Katrina, also known as O Katrina. And I am Rachel, also known as Rachel Leishman. Wow. <laughs> From the Berry Sue. I can't believe it. We're back for episode two. <laughs> From the Berry Sue. We're, we're, yeah, you know what? Uh, I, the, you've got plenty of claim to fames. Claims to fame? Claims to fame. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> as you can see, my brain is still kind of revving up for the coming week. Um, so, you know, it's, it's all a process, folks. Um, <laughs> I like wrote down an actual like a professional intro, but I'm just gonna like, you know, shoot it and we're gonna, we're gonna see how it works. We're, uh, hi, we're a bi-weekly uh, podcast show broadcast uh, all about the, uh, I wanted to say discography, filmography of Pedro Pascal. Um, and we just go through all of his movies and we and TV shows and we talk about the people who helped make them, uh, the stories behind the scenes and the stories from them that we love the most. Did that work? Is that pro? Yeah. I mean, I would also take it if Pedro Pascal was like, I'm going to become <laughs> a musician and have a discography. Yeah. Like, yeah. great. Yeah. Hop uh, to it. Lewin Davis too. He, mm. ma he makes a friend and they start a band. Finally. And they're sad together. They're just sad together. Real cats. Sad buddies. Sad buddies with cats. Aww, uh, was, and then instead of Bob Dylan, Bruce friends. Springsteen shows up at the end. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. exactly. Spoilers for Inside Lillian Davis. Bob Dylan shows up at the end. Just in case you uh, haven't seen it yet, please do. Please go watch it. Great movie. Um, I yeah so this week is going to be super fun that we've got some news to discuss we're uh we're going to discuss a topic that I quite love I'm very uh privy to the show and I like it very much um but before we do hi what's up Rachel how have you been oh you know so like existing in a bubble where it hasn't felt like two weeks but has also felt like a month and a half yeah I don't know how it's recorded yeah, I think mean, we were like putting the show together and I just like had to stop and go like, how much time has passed? What is time? It feels like it's been a month since our last show, but it's been two weeks, but it also feels like it's been a second. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 listen, I'm at the point Well, I mean, I've always been at this point in quarantine <laughs> where I just am buying things I don't need. Um, I bought a printer so that I could make new phone backgrounds because I like, Sorry for the listeners, but I'll hold up my phone. I have, I made my cell phone case, which is a bunch of different pictures of things I enjoy and it got wet. So Ben Wyatt, like the ink ran. So oh. I said, I want to do a different, I want new ones. And I didn't put Grogu on there. I don't know what was wrong with me. Um, and so I was like, I guess I'm going to buy a printer so I can do this. And I did. I don't know why. Um, and I bought a shirt that says Silver Spring should have been on rumors. I'm just like in a hole of like buying things I don't need. Yeah, um, yeah. Every couple of weeks I get there. I'm just like, I won't spend money and I don't for a little while. And then like two weeks later, <laughs> I ordered like, I just ordered a new shelf for my room because I decided I wanted to move some things around. Just change the scenery around here. So yeah. Listen, we're all getting there. How are you? How have you been? How has the uh, two I weeks mean, treated you? It, you know, uh, it's been super busy. We announced another game at work, which was super fun. Uh, it's called Mass Maker. It's for all of our friends who love VR stuff. 
Um, and yeah, I'm, I, it's been, you know, I've been working and I've been uh, researching for the show, which is super fun. And uh, yeah, getting getting lots of writing done somehow. <laughs> Listen, we'll we'll all come out with a King Lear. Like we all joked at the beginning of quarantine mm -hmm. that uh, Shakespeare wrote King Lear during the plague because he had nothing else to do. But we'll all have our own King Lears. Mine yeah, might right. just be me writing King Lear, like copying and pasting. Mm -hmm. But like we'll all get there in some capacity. I yeah. think. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like everyone's everyone's at that point where it's just like, okay, it's about we're about to go into this like new phase of quarantine creativity, um, and I, I I welcome it. We need it. We need. You mean that. like when you hit the year mark, and then you're like, what if we made a podcast based on yeah. <laughs> Pascal's filmography? Because exactly. that's all you've watched for. <laughs> exactly, that's and you know it worked out so well for us. So I hope everyone else gets. <laughs> This was my long-winded ploy to get people to talk to me about Narcos, even though I am, what, four years late at this, almost four years late? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm like, we, we, don't, we don't even have Narcos on the schedule yet, so. <laughs> I, I'm playing the long game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, one day we're going to have done like 10, 10 or 15 episodes and then Rachel's going to call and be like, wipe the schedule, we're doing Narcos from doing one every episode of Narcos. Every single one. That's that's our lives. That's what like, this is already episode. Yeah. Next three years, we're a narcos podcast. <laughs> Get ready. We're talking Pablo Escobar. Exactly. Uh. I mean, and speaking of uh, great roles and Pedro Pascal, we've got some news this week. Yes. Speaking of Pablo Escobar. Segway. Uh, I <laughs> I, I thought I thought it might be relevant, you know. I, I like <laughs> it was a great segue. I, I Chef's it. kiss. <laughs> um, so this week we have, or these, these past two weeks while we've been away, uh, uh, Pedro has been announced as part of the cast for not one but two upcoming productions. Uh, one of which he is the lead. Rachel, do you want to take us away on that? Yeah. So late at night on like a. Tuesday, they I don't remember the exact date. Don't hold me against. Don't hold it against me. But <laughs> it was announced. I think Katrina's gonna get a date. But it was, I'm it up. So it wasn't on the tenth of February. That what I think that was a Tuesday. Yes, yes, it maybe was. Perhaps it was a Tuesday. No, it was a Wednesday. Yeah, Point it was being, Wednesday. it was a random ass day in the middle of the week. And they waited until everyone was off of work and then put out into the world that Pedro Pascal was going to be playing Joel Miller in The Last of Us, the HBO series based on a very popular video game that I have tertiary knowledge of because <laughs> I have been trying to get a PlayStation for a year. I finally got a Switch, which was a hot mess trying to get because everyone is in quarantine and they said, time to get a Switch. And yeah. then... They did the same thing with the PlayStations. And so I haven't played The Last of Us. I haven't played Miles Morales or the other Spider-Man game. And I haven't played Uncharted. I know. Gamers, don't yell at me. I'm trying. But there. <laughs> the point is, I am still very excited about The Last of Us. Because it is the guy who did Chernobyl. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be depressing. Yes. 
he's in it with a little little fiery i'm gonna take out a giant dude. <laughs> but i can't remember her game of thrones character's name but oh, i remember oh, her oh. just like marmont liana Mar mormont yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah i just remember her I mean, screaming when she like in her i guess spoilers for game of thrones again screaming when she dies um mm -hmm. she, she's a badass and she's uh in uh, the, the show I'm watching, the, the book, the other HBO, uh, the Historic Materials. Oh, that's cool! I didn't know she was. In that. I have to like actually. I don't know. I have to actually sit down and watch that at some point because I have not made the time to do that. I did watch the other show she's in called The Worst Witch on Netflix, which is super adorable when you need like a little hit of serotonin. So definitely recommend that for the families. Yeah, I've. Uh... I think my one friend loves it. I guess someone talked to me about the worst witch. I'm like, I didn't know this was a thing that existed that people knew about. Um, yeah, yeah you know, you like this game a lot. Yeah, I am very, very excited uh, for this particular role uh, without spoiling anything, um, which means I can't say much, but... <laughs> Um, cause you know, Rachel has no idea what happens in the last of us and who am I to spoil her? Let's wait till she sees the movie. I have, um, I have, I know I have very little knowledge cause I did when I was writing this up, my friend Sophie, who I, I told you earlier, I'm going to either drag on here or just record her talking and play it here. Mm -hmm. But she, this is her favorite game. And so when I asked her like, Hey, can you give me some knowledge? Like I'm writing about this. I'm going to play it as soon as I get a PlayStation. I just need enough backing and I'm gonna like put a note that I don't know that much. She gave me like a novel <laughs> about Aww. this game. So I was like, oh, I'm good. I know what's going on. That's how you know you've got a friend who will take care of you. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, okay, you're gonna know things then. And I was like, that's exactly. okay, great. That's good. Yeah, I'm, and honestly, this is once again, a, a reluctant um, adoptive dad role, which, you know, goes extremely well with Pedro's current MO. So absolutely uh thrilled for for him to lead the last of us um that's a big ass deal it's a big deal it's a really big deal um he's getting all these franchise deals and loving it so. yeah uh i mean i tweeted this but my goal in life is for like rest in peace to captain von trapp christopher Plummer. but my goal is that the person who takes over as replacing bad men in things mm. when they come out as bad men is Pedro Pascal because oh. if you guys remember Christopher Plummer took over for Kevin Spacey in some movie and like I don't I don't even remember if it made any sense people didn't care they were just like replace all the bad men with Christopher Plummer and so my now I want Pedro Pascal to <laughs> replace any bad man that is in something that needs replaced I want him to be replaced by Pedro Pascal yes I love that that's that's like it's just the best way to like you know change the vibe of uh, the news around your movie. It's like, oh, yeah. we've gotten rid of this uh, horrible man and we've replaced him with Pedro Pascal. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And, and speaking of another movie he has uh, joined the cast of recently is uh, Judd Apatow's uh, quarantine-inspired movie, The Bubble, um, which really, this is what it took. This is what it would take for me to watch a quarantine-inspired movie. I've just said no to everything so far. I've been like, I don't need to be reminded of this. I'm in it. I am in my quarantine-inspired movie right now. Um, but they put Pedro Pascal in it. So 
I'm gonna watch it. That's like I literally was about to say this is gonna make me finally have to watch something that has to do with quarantine. Because yeah. like there was that songbird movie mm-hmm. with uh KJ Appa, and I was like, no, I'm not watching this. And mm-hmm. then like all of the episodes of TV where they either like solved COVID or are still, and I'm like, no, I don't care how you're fun. Like, just take me somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> I, I need like to be in there. <laughs> well, and it's like, yeah. but then it shows like Riverdale that like are set in 2021 now. Riverdale, sorry, everyone listening. If you don't yeah. haven't watched Riverdale, it's insane. But Riverdale is had a time jump seven years and is now set in 2021. So the whole show was in 2013. They are have ignored COVID, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, <laughs> in 2021. And I'm like, yeah, a completely different, you know, and I love that. I'm fine. I'm like super cool <laughs> with these shows that exist in, in our time, uh, completely ignoring COVID. I don't need to know any more about it. Yeah, it's like you don't have to reflect. It's fine. It's fine. We can suspend disbelief. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I, uh, I I need I need a little fantasy. Um, but, but on that yeah. note, the bubble, I will watch. Yes. Yeah. They put they put Pedro Pascal in it. Uh, you put Pedro Pascal in anything, and I'm gonna sit there. That's it's gonna be Pedro Pascal, Karen Gillan, Keegan Michael Key. Uh, Leslie Matt, of course, David Duchovny, and Peter Serafinowicz first. And Ma- Ma- uh, Maria Bak- Bakalova, who oh, I cool. love. Yeah, from Borat. Yes, but I, so from what I understand, it's a movie about actors who were working together who then got stuck in a hotel because of quarantine. Oh. That is what I understood. Uh, and I assume for the stakes to be high in this movie, they would have to actually abide by quarantine rules as opposed to other people who have been caught in bubbles. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Or it, uh, oh my God, Iris Apatow is also in this movie. Love it. Um, Super fun. Yeah, I think like that is what I understood yeah, it's a meta comedy, which I personally enjoy. I love a real meta approach to, yeah. to things. So mm-hmm. I'm fine. I can't wait. It's going to be interesting. Well, okay. So, sorry. I've <laughs> Now that I think about it. So this is the second weird, like, meta movie that Pedro Pascal has filmed in quarantine. Because the other movie is where Nicolas Cage plays Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and goes to a birthday party. That's right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, what else is he doing? He's waiting for season three of The Mandalorian. So. Well, and now the last. He's he's booked. Mm-hmm. Booked. <laughs> booked and busy, and he was like antsy on his break, so he made more stuff. I mean, listen. All I hope is that at some point he comes back to Broadway. Oh, that would that. be so wonderful. Do Shakespeare for me. Yes, I'll fly your way. We'll go watch it together. <laughs> uh, listen, I want him to play Macbeth, and I want to be Lady Macbeth. That's what I want in this world, and I don't even care. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I love you. That's great. <laughs> the All right. third piece yes. of our news this week uh, actually has to do with Pedro's sister, uh, Lux Pascal, 
came out uh, this week in Ya Magazine, or not this week, last week in Ya Magazine. Um, Lux is a Chilean actress who has starred in three movies over the past mm, two years. Uh, and Narcos. And Bringing Nar it back to Narcos. <laughs> Always back. Always back to Narcos. Yeah. Uh, Lux also made the, the uh, choice to adapt the last name uh, Pascal from the many family names that Pedro and Lux have. Um, it's their maternal sur surname. So super cool stuff. Um, yeah. And it was very sweet. I was so happy that day because there was so much love for her all over the internet and I cried a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, it's, you know, it takes a lot, it, especially like in, it takes a lot in like American culture alone to come out as uh, transgender and in, in Chilean cinema, like over the past few years, a lot of really bold moves have been made um, for trans representation. Um, we've had, uh, oh goodness, whoops, the actress's name just completely slipped my, my mind and she won an Oscar a few years ago. Um, uh, but yeah, there's been, it, it's, it's kind of a big, very brave move um, still these days to come out in, in any culture. So it's really cool to see um, Lux and, and all the support for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. It was a positive two weeks for for Pedro and Pascal Family News. So yeah. very good stuff all around. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I think it's time for our main topic, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Da, da, da. This week we chose something very easy. I think we'll get deeper over over the next few weeks, and especially as we are. Uh, like line up guests and, and listen to your requests from home. Please do submit some. Um, but this week we but just from home, just yeah. from home. If you submit and you're at a bar, if you are I'm out it. somewhere and you are not an essential worker, don't submit. I don't want to hear from you. Unless you're from like Australia, then I expect you to respond yeah. in a bar because you guys can go to bars and yeah. it is safe and fine. Let us live vicariously through you. Yeah, uh, you you send me tips from Aus in Australia from bars in America. You stay yep. home unless you're an essential worker, yep. and you have to go. So write in from home to us <laughs> to let us know, <laughs> to let us know um, what kind of uh, Pedro Pascal content you would like us to review. But this week we are talking about episode one of The Mandalorian. I should have gotten the. Where's my kazoo? I have oh, a guitar. I should go get the. Like, oh, wait, I'll do the. Wait, hold on. My Yoda does it. What? Yeah, I had to step on it all the time when I'm trying to clean. Oh. Disney, this is your doll. Don't arrest us. No, there's nothing happening. Woo, you can't hear it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, no, no. Oh, there's all okay. sorts of uh, static and, and audio. <laughs> Do you like oh. my my way of getting rid of it? Was going. <laughs> I love oh, it. I got my feet. You would oh, think I don't have an improv comedy degree, which I technically do. <laughs> oh my Whoa. god! I, love it. I yeah, so the, <laughs> the Mandalorian. Um, 
Oh, the Mandalorian. It aired in November of 2019. How uh, innocent we all were back then. Um, I was having a birthday. You know, like we, we, I was, it was just so, it was a wonderful old time back in November of 2019. Um, Wait, wasn't it November 5th? Yeah. Yeah. I remember because I was mad because it was so close to my birthday and was not my birthday. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I'm so sorry. My birthday's the your birthday present. It was your like the birthday present of your cycle, your month. <laughs> Yeah, it was like it's your ha it's the Scorpio birthday gift. Congrats! Exactly. You Scorpio guys get the show. Mandalorian. Go, you guys. Uh, <laughs> um, and and like uh, so it was and it was uh, announced uh, almost exactly a year earlier on November thirteenth, twenty eighteen. I know this because I was uh, sent several texts that day. Um, to from like my friends and stuff. Am I sharing the right screen? Am I going to share my actual screen with you? Hold on. I'm going to try and pull up the tweet. Oh, I can. Okay, <laughs> great. I can just pull a certain tab. Okay, there we go. Um, so yeah, on the on the 13th, a uh, bunch of my tech my my friends sent me texts um, announcing that Pedro Pascal had been uh, uh, announced as the lead for The Mandalorian. Um, it was a, a wonderful, delightful time because we had such little information on the show back then um, that, yeah, I, I'm just, it was very surreal for me because like I had already, you know, you and I had both been Pedro fans for a while by then. And so to not only like have, you know, the, the first thing in my head was like, oh, Chilean representation. And the second one was like, oh my God, Pedro Pascal is in a Star War. And, oh, man. Yeah. How did you feel that day? Uh, okay. I'm going to be so honest, everyone listening. Mm -hmm. uh, when I first heard that The Mandalorian was a show that was happening, I assumed it was about Boba Fett. I have, pre I have tweeted that I changed my tune about Boba Fett. But at the time, I was pissed <laughs> because I didn't want – I knew I was going to watch it anyway – but I did not want to watch a show about Boba Fett. <laughs> Fast Obviously, forward. I was, and I'm going to watch a show about Boba well, Fett. I'm going to watch a show about, about Boba Fett for sure. Um, is, obviously, I was incorrect, but I'm a huge John Favreau fan. Um, um, literally, like if you look like right over my computer, I have a film strip of Swingers. Like, I love John Favreau. Aww. So I was really excited because I love everything that he chooses to do. Um, so I was just excited in general. And then I had no idea what the show was going to be, and I didn't really care. Um, so mm -hmm. it was really funny because right before the season aired, um, we had another girl who covered more of our Star Wars stuff. Um, and I was more like our Marvel, even though, like uh, – as my, I like, I'm a huge Marvel nerd. Like, obviously, I have a Spider Man tattoo on my wrist, but Star Wars is like my beat. And so, mm -hmm. uh, it was funny. So she left, and then they didn't have anyone covering the Mandalorian. And I was like, Does that mean I get to cover the Mandalorian? And exactly. they were like, You can watch it if it's a big deal, like write up some stuff. And so I slowly kept trying to, like, every week would write something. And then this time around, they were like, Yeah, every Friday, wake up early, you're covering the Mandalorian. And I was like, yeah, I did it. Hell I'm yeah. covering the Mandalorian, my favorite <laughs> show on television. 
Um, I just, our yeah. tunes have changed. I, I, I also like, it wasn't even so much like, oh, this is going to be Boba Fett. It, it just felt more like this show might appeal to an audience that isn't necessarily me, which, you know, there's so much Star Wars content that like, that was fine with me. Um, but boy, How was I wrong. Oh my goodness, was I wrong. Um, like, I, I read I, of it, I, I thought it was going to be like, I don't know. I like, I didn't know what I thought it would be. I was enjoy like, I remember, so I know you have stuff you want to talk about for before it even premiered. Um, and I remember I was upset because they had a press conference in LA and we were invited and it was in person and like everyone was there for it. Um, I think it's funny because I think Ash was the one who was moderating it. Ash. Mm -hmm. Uh, oh yeah yeah mm -hmm. which at the time i didn't know she wasn't and, but now we're friends but at the time i was like oh i was i was supposed to go but i don't live in la and so i sent my friend and she like sent me a funko from it and sent me pictures of john favreau and pedro pascal and was like Ooh. this is for you i was like yeah thanks but i, I just wanted Aww. to look i would i mean listen i've been in a room with pedro pascal granted he was on stage but I could function. I don't know if I could function in a room with John Favreau. I might die. But <laughs> I was just very excited because I wanted to see what the hell it was. Even if it was like, because it felt like a Western from everything we had seen. So like, I enjoy Westerns not to the extent where I like care that much. I just, I'm like, oh, I'll watch a Western. That's fine. So I didn't know that if I was going to enjoy this that much, mm -hmm. I thought it might be a, oh yeah, that's a Star Wars thing I watch every week, but not my thing. As we've previously stated, how wrong, yeah. how I, wrong I was. I love being wrong when it comes to Star Wars sometimes. Yeah, um, as my two Grogu's beside me, my right? Din Djarin out in my living room next to Cobb Vanth and like all of my <laughs> t-shirts say, I was very wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just like, you know, you never know what to expect, I think, from Star Wars projects when they're first announced, you know, mm -hmm. people are really excited now for the High Republic. And there was just huge skepticism when that came out. And I think that's just like a pattern of our fandom where yeah. we're always worried about this thing that's very precious to us being like messed with in a way we might not like. And, you know, 9.5 times out of 10, we come out really liking it. So yeah, it's it was good, it, it, you know. And I I remember so before the show came out, um, the at Celebration uh, Chicago, there was uh, an official panel to introduce like the main players of the cast, and uh, it was just so it was so much fun to like. First off, Pedro was wearing like the coolest shirt ever that weekend. It was just like I there's just this like I don't know. Every time he shows up for like some you know, Mando press day or something like that. He's always wearing like a shirt with a really good print on it. And I it was, just, I, need, I need to know like, yeah, what's okay. Cause does he pick, is it his stylist? Who's like, you like patterns here. Like, I want to know where he got the pajamas that he wore during the wonder woman press would yes. love a nice silk pajama set. Mm. But yeah. Wasn't that yeah. okay. Question for you. Was mm. celebration the one where he, talked about how um when they were offering him mandalorian he's like what do you want me to audition for like am i going to be the bug and john Favreau was <laughs> like no you're the mandalorian like but like he didn't expect to be the mandalorian was that at celebration or is that somewhere else 
Uh, I don't, I can't remember if that was celebration specifically. Um, I feel like it was that panel because it was, they, they did ask like, what, what was it like, like getting those first, that first call and stuff. And yeah, I, I do want to say it's that one. Okay. So at the panel itself, he wore something slightly more muted. Let's go. I'm just going to like try and get these uploaded real quick. Because um, <laughs> the, the like, shirt hey he guys, wore we're at talking Celebration about... was cool. But like Pedro so, Pascal fashion. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. It's about Pedro Pascal. I mean, learn to live with it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's so the, he that's had the like panel. this like nice like muted kind of outfit on, um, but he also had this like incredible shirt, which I am trying to get a good. I'm just gonna look for celebration shirt. There we go. Boom. He did a a couple of different like. Uh, uh spots in this one like he did um the the force friday was it force friday or the whatever the the merch um distribution thing he was wearing this shirt in that as well there it is uploaded that's the one yeah he had on he was playing with toys in that shirt i remember yeah this is the the oh he wore it in d23 that's why yeah because they had like a feature at d23 and they had something here and i remember Oh man, D23 was like heaven for me because like I remember Ming Na being on stage with John Favreau and like having her her part announced. Sorry, I'm going like way off of Pedro here. Um, but like it was I just will such always a, talk about Ming Na when it is fine. Pittsburgh just, legend. Yeah, it was an exciting time to be like a Star Wars fan who happened to like Pedro Pascal and Ming Na Wen because they were both gonna be in the Mandalorian and like it's it's so wild to see how much, but not just like, you know, Pedro's character as the main has evolved, but also like, you know, Ming-Na Wen's Fennec Shan, who went from like this character that got killed in one episode to someone who is now in three different Star Wars shows. Uh, yeah. So like the cast, when they were announcing it was crazy because all of a sudden it said Werner Herzog. And so now I am, what, two years into The Mandalorian and have realized that two of my favorite television shows star Werner Herzog, which I never <laughs> thought would come out of my mouth because he was in Parks and Recreation as a creepy guy who owned like a haunted house. Mm. And then now he is he wants to see the baby. Yeah, he did certainly want to see the baby. And you know what? <laughs> I think he deserves a comeback. Like maybe he just got out and we didn't know. He's, he's not so really dead. Real he's, he's, he's like, I've got to find I'm out. Goodbye. <laughs> he goes to the Jedi school. He's like, I would like to see the baby. <laughs> and they're like, He's just one sure. of the caretakers now at the Jedi school. Yeah. Luke's like, yeah, this nice guy just rolled up. I said, sure, why not? It says redemption arc, you know? that's <laughs> It's not complicated. Perfect for a man in Kylo Star Wars. Kylo Ren kills him. By the time we get to the Force Awakens, Werner oh. Herzog is murdered by Kylo Ren. Yep, you know that's that's. <laughs> at least he lived a really, really, really long life in that respect. You know that would have been yeah. like what fifteen years later. So no, not even maybe like maybe like eight or ten somewhere in there. I don't know. I try to figure <laughs> out. I think he was amazing in this show too, and it's just so much fun. Like hearing Werner Herzog talk about Baby Yoda and like working on the show. It's, it was, I couldn't, okay, here's the problem. I wasn't sure if Werner Herzog thought he, that 
Baby Yoda, well, at the time Baby Yoda, he is now Grogu, but we called him Baby Yoda back then. If he thought that that puppet was going to cause the robot uprising, or was the cutest thing known to me, because every time someone asked him a question, he had a different response, which was like, yes, I love this puppet. I told John Favreau he would be a coward if he didn't use it, but I also <laughs> think he's gonna murder us. And I'm like, you know, that's a rational, I think a rational relationship to have with AI, you know? Like, yeah, he's like, you're so cute, but also you might yeah. kill me. Yeah, yeah, it's, I feel like there's a degree of respect in that, where it's like, <laughs> oh, you're so adorable, but you can, you can definitely kill me, and I'm gonna notice that about you, you know? I'm gonna give you props for that. Yeah, well, there's like, there was a, I try to remember, I try to figure out what Sheena was, and I, 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 I miss, I took a lamp for fire, but Pedro Pascal was talking about how he improvised with uh, Grogu in a scene and like the, and the, the puppet was like, there was a fire and he was like, Hey, don't get too close. And so whoever was controlling the puppet, like made maybe Yoda, like put his hands up and back up. And so I thought I was in the Ahsoka episode and then rewatched it and was like, Oh no, that's a like a lantern. That's not like a, it's like a weird light. It's not a fire. Mm -hmm. And so then I was like, is it where they're like, standing in front of like the meat getting cooked and baby yoda's like but i like uh, couldn't remember where it was i still think it's hilarious that he's like yeah i improvised with a puppet and the puppet then reacted to me and meanwhile werner hurts is like that puppet's gonna lead the army that destroys us all <laughs> I feel like Werner Herzog is kind of like the puppet's like like supportive granddad in that respect. Like, yeah, and then Pedro Pascal is his dad, who's like, "Look how cute my son is." Exactly. And Werner Herzog is like, "Yeah, but also that kid is evil." I think, and there's like something so cool in like I, I'm so glad that both of them get this opportunity to work with creature actors in that sense, like like puppeteers <laughs> and stuff, because I feel like that's a part of their acting careers that hasn't really been like. You know, no one's asked Werner Herzog to be on, like, a Muppets production yet. Oh, Disney, you already have him on your payroll. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> like, I, I don't understand why he's not already being, like, signed on for the next, like, Muppets, like, season or something, you know? Like, if I were producing that new Muppet show... Like, I'd be like, well, why don't we have Werner Herzog on? Like, let's just have, let's give him a segment with Gonzo. <laughs> I would, oh my God, I would, Gonzo, okay. Guys, yeah. I know this is off topic. We'll get back on topic. But my top three Muppets are <laughs> Kermit, Fozzie Bear, and Gonzo. So Good. if Werner Herzog had a conversation with Gonzo, I feel like I would just combust. Like, yeah. I cried looking at, I watched a man use a puppet of Kermit and sing Rainbow Connection to a bar full of people, and I cried, and my friends thought I was going to lose my goddamn mind, because I was trying to take a picture with Kermit, and the guy was like, you can't, and I was like, but what do you take him out of that bag? And I take a picture with Kermit the Frog. So, <laughs> you put Werner Herzog in the puppets? Yes. I, yes, please. I will give my soul to you. Because the mouse, you, I'll sell my soul to you. I've already basically done that, but yeah <laughs> I, I really like that there's just like a magic there's a sort of magic in that and yeah no very good choice on uh on on like puppets uh on muppets um gonzo is definitely in my top followed by grover uh and rolf big rolf oh uh, rolf, rolf rolf fools rolf um stuff. but yes so <laughs> 
to. Heading back to that, also, Pedro Pascal needs to be in a Muppets production. Make him talk to. Oh my god, I can think of so many fun Muppet bits. He's so awesome. Like I, I just watched the Rita Morena episode. <gasps> oh, yeah. Well, because it's the first one that's on the Muppet show mm-hmm. on Disney Plus. Guys, I don't work for Disney, but maybe I should. Um, <laughs> but it was so good. I love the Muppets. I didn't realize how much I'd retained that theme song until it started playing, and I was like, it's time to start the music. Can I sing the whole thing? Love um, it. But I would cry. Let me write. Let me. Let me write. Let me write a book. Honestly, let me, let, <laughs> it would just be for the Muppet Show. Like I just, I grew up with the Muppet Babies. I watched the Muppet Show on TGIF all, every night. Like you know, well, they have I, a new one that's <laughs> a digital <laughs> one. Yeah, Wait, Pepe has the best part of that show because Pepe has a like game show where he just doesn't like, like so ridiculous. Oh, I love that bit. <laughs> I yeah. like. Pepe has ended up being one of the coolest moments. He's like, uh, I don't care. We're doing this game show and none of it makes any sense. Nothing matters. The point, they took everything about uh, about that one improv show. What is it? Uh, oh, where something, something, something and the points don't matter. Uh, oh, two. whose line is it anyway? Whose line is it anyway? Yes, yeah. They took that to like the next level with that segment. So yes, I don't understand why there can't be a segment a segment with Werner Herzog and uh, and Gonzo just talking Philosophic, philosophical conversations with Gonzo and Werner Herzog in front of and the fireplace. Boom. M- maybe Fozzie Bear and Pedro Pascal saying jokes. <laughs> this is my pitch for a Muppet job. I and then bring Rita Morena back, just to bring Rita Morena back. I don't know why, but that just reminded me of the Fozzie Bear uh, interview with Seth Rogen from the new show, where like like two kids showed up, and Seth was like, "Are these your kids?" And Fozzie never necessarily acknowledged that like <laughs> those are his children. <laughs> they were just these two kids that he suddenly had to take care of. So. Okay, right. Back to Pedro Pascal and When the Mandalorian was announced. (laughs) Oh my god, that went somewhere. Yeah, I you know what you know what we did? You know what happened? What? Oh my god, I'm trying to be good at this. We We went on a tangent! These graphics are coming in so handy. You guys witnessed in real time how bad I am at technology. I was like, wait, hold on. This is Rachel's first time uh, operating the switchboard like this. So honestly, I'm very proud of you. Very, very proud. So much. We've been so distracted. (laughs) It's a good distraction. I've enjoyed it very much. (laughs) Well, because, okay, sorry. I'll play it again. I have another tangent to do on before we get away from the Muppets. So yes. <laughs> I was talking as I was getting ready to record this podcast. I was talking to my roommate about the new Muppet movie where they're in Russia and Kermit has an evil twin who has a mole and so Kermit has to wear a mole. And I was trying to explain this movie and then I just stopped and was like, but there's a story that Danny Trejo tells and I like had her own emotional <laughs> Danny Trejo, and she was like, "What?" And I explained that when they were filming this movie, I 
think it was like his mother, someone died and Baby Dran was really upset about it. And Kermit the Frog, I think, came and like talked to him. And he was saying how like emotionally like that like hit him because oh. he was like, it was Kermit. And <laughs> I was like, that's me. I cried because I'm like, where Kermit the Frog is real. Even right. though I can see a man holding up a puppet. Sorry if anyone is listening to this and doesn't know the Muppets are not, in fact, real. In my brain, they're all real. I don't care if the person is holding Fozzie Bear in front of me and doing a voice and be like, that's Fozzie Bear. Yeah. He's saying it. There's, you know, there's a certain amount of, like, belief and magic and immersion you have to have when it comes to, like, the Muppets or any characters. And I like to believe they're also very much real, you know? Yeah, you know who else is, you know who else is real? (laughs) Grogu. The baby, the baby Grogu, the the baby Jesus Grogu. (laughs) I'm sad that like living nativities are not a thing that I participate in, 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 along with religion anymore, because that was like the best part of uh, of being in a Baptist church, I guess I want to say is uh, the living nativity and how you get to play with baby animals all the time. And now I just like bring Grogu <laughs> with me and make Grogu be baby Jesus. Oh, <laughs> listen, my grandmother, may she rest in peace. I love her with my whole heart. But if she was alive, I would have hands down made Grogu one of her like angels in her house. And I know for a fact she would have murdered me because <laughs> oh, she was very God. Catholic. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I would every Christmas be like, Jesus was born in the summer, and she would yell at me. <laughs> so I hands up me and my brother would have hands down done some dumb shit with like <laughs> Grogu dolls, and she would have. And again, my brother is forty, and I'll be thirty. But we would have done like, what if we put Baby Yoda on the top of the Christmas trees, and Grandma will notice? <laughs> like, <laughs> shit like that. So like. I'm glad that Baby Yoda was not a thing, which still That just reminds me of how badly, like, I have some uh, older um, aunties down in Chile, and I just, like, really want to put put Oscar Isaac and Pedro Pascal on some prayer candles, maybe even Obi-Wan Kenobi, and see, like, see if they notice. Like, obviously, that's Jesus and two saints, Tia. Like, you don't know their faces? (laughs) Do you not go to church? <laughs> just like, I, uh, I should have asked my aunt. My great aunt Shelby is like almost 90. She'd just be like, this is my boyfriend. She's like, I love it. That's how I'm going to show them. I've really got mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll show it to my 95 year old aunt Sally. This is my boyfriend. Aw, you know what? I'm sure it would make her day, though. You know, just let 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 all your your relatives know that like you're taken, so they get off like your ass. <laughs> then, me, then my mom will roll in and be like, "That's the Mandalorian." <laughs> Thanks, Ellis. Oh my god! I you know what? I think we should segue into actually talking about the episode. That too. Um, I'd love to talk about the uh, stunt doubles and learning the walk. I remember yes. you brought that up. Yes, because, okay, I, I don't know if it's still on my Twitter account, or I know I have tweeted about this walk, but my favorite thing about the pilot, I have a couple of favorite things about the pilot, but my number one was I was full-on convinced that Pedro Pascal was in the suit because of the walk. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, no, there's no way. That's his walk. And then 
come to find out that like the reason he wasn't in the suit was because I saw him in King Lear. But they like they just all walk like him, and it is so good. And I know that's like part of their job. I get it. You're a stuntman. You're supposed to be that character, so you've got to kind of like embody what the actor's doing. But yeah. like, mm, like the walk, like it's because some people like you don't some people don't have a specific way they walk but pedro pascal pedro pascal does like it's like his the way his uh, i don't know pedro pascal he's got move the air about him you know like, i'm trying to make this not as weird as possible pedro pascal's hips move in a certain way so that when you're looking at him walking you're like okay that is pedro pascal walking yeah, so <laughs> It's the the stunt doubles did a very good job of making me believe that Pedro Pascal was in the suit and walking. Yes. Is my point. And I hope that it was the least weird way of explaining yeah. that it's and in I, his hips. I think that like that it's such a, such an important thing when it comes to like crafting Star Wars characters that like little details like that are like when you think about how even McGregor studied Sir Alec and the way he carried himself and even the way he spoke, you know? Um, and Han, uh, Han and Ben, when, like, truly, and I'm not being an, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but, like, the one of the very few things I enjoyed out of Rise of Skywalker was when Kylo Ren comes back to the light and is Ben Solo and straight up acts like Harrison Ford for the later part of that movie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's he barely says anything, but it's very much like you can tell that this guy was raised by Han Solo and his uncle was Lando Calrissian. Like, <laughs> like when he just does the shrug, I was like, oh my God, it, 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 it's Harrison Ford. He did Harrison yeah. Ford's shrug. Oh my God. And like those little details, like I think we take for granted when it's obviously an actor doing it. But, like, when we see someone else, like, either imitating it or you're, like, you can't see their face and you're not positive it's that person, those little things really drive home uh, yeah. character. But, like, also, like, just how much we all, like, pick up on this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, that walk. It's just. Perfect. It's yeah, just- there's a uh, there's a music to it, and I I do want to like shout out both of his stunt uh, stunt doubles, uh, Latif Crowder, who is an experienced stunt coordinator and performer who has worked on Wonder Woman, uh, Captain America: Civil War, and Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice. Um, he he practices jujitsu. He's an Afro Brazilian martial artist, and like definitely someone I think that like uh, could could model himself. Um, in that rhythmic way that I guess Pedro Pascal, you know, moves simply because of like his martial arts background. Um, and then the other one is uh, John Wayne's grandson, uh, Brendan Wayne, who embodies that gunslinger swagger. And like all three of them make this one incredible character in this first season, especially. So very much want to recognize them for what they do. Yeah, listen, their job isn't easy. No. You made a fully armored man hot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I know that is like not your end goal, but you did it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. who knew that a bunch of people on Twitter.com were going to roll out into the Mandalorian? Like, 
hey, this guy's hot. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's it's wild just like like thinking about all the artistry and collaboration that goes on in this show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then, then you know, Pedro, uh, this is like his first like obviously he's no new he's a stranger to a leading role. He uh, led Narcos. He's been uh, the highlight of so many shows, but this is also his first major major voice role I want to say. Like he's done some narration. Uh, he did a video game, but like this was the first time that he was put in a studio and like made to flex his acting muscles in voice work. Listen, uh it it's great <laughs> it's i it's i like i can't put into words this show which seems like a problem for me but also <laughs> like it's just so good mm -hmm. and not in a way that i'm like yeah i love all star wars clearly i don't i just bitched about rise of skywalker but like it it's just like it reminded me of what i like about star wars which is just we're telling this story and also there's this in there are insane jokey things happening and you're laughing like obviously it's not in this episode but like in the next in the second episode where he's with the jawas and he's like threatening the jawas and nick nolte's like stop threatening them <laughs> go and dip this egg like it's just like it perfectly embodies to me like what i enjoyed about star wars which wasn't like yeah, I liked the lore and I liked learning all about the Jedi and all that stuff. But I liked more like this humor that came along with like, yeah, we're in the middle of the stars fighting a fucking war against a man who breathes like. <laughs> it is like the calling out how absurd it is while honoring it is like what feels the most like Star Wars to me. So I really loved this pilot because it was just funny and good. Mm -hmm. and brought the mystery that we needed and like oh uh, uh, so like, good. i think at every turn especially with this show it's just it proves further and further that it's like a really good entryway into star wars like if you could yeah. not get you know mom or dad to watch those movies or you couldn't get your sibling or your friends into the movies this is a really good way of introducing them to something that is like slightly different in theme but that also keeps them very in the loop when it comes to what they need to know about the story. So they, I, I, I always wish that I could like, and I'm sure a lot of fans think this too. Like I, I wish I could watch star Wars over again and make it be like a new thing for me um, through a new fan's eyes. Cause I would love to know what star Wars looks like through the eyes of like, you know, someone's mom who's watching the Mandalorian because like, you know, Carl Weathers is in it or like, you know, like like Pedro is in it and and all kinds of stuff. So like it's it's such a an interesting and different point of view that I'm so glad we get with that universe because it's you know outside of Grogu and and the and the cameo at the end or the cameos in season two, it's very much not about the Jedi. It's about it's and it's not even about like your average everyday people in the galaxy, which those stories have been and are being told. It's about this person who is part of this culture and this religion that we have heard so much about, but we've only spent a very small amount of time with. So I just, I think it's so cool. I love Mandalorian. I like that we keep ending our impassioned rants about why this is so good with, 
I just love the Mandalorian. It's so good. It's great. And it's like, yeah, our rants <laughs> drove home that we're like, this is the greatest. <laughs> this show rules. And I'm like, yeah, it's really nice. I have to be intellectual right now. <laughs> this is my intellectual voice talking about how good this show is. This is this is how our our, our podcast goes when it's yeah. like high points, low IQ, high IQ, low, low IQ. IQ. Speaking of low IQ, oh my uh, himbo, Dindajaran, <laughs> the himbo king of Mandalore. Exactly. Spoilers for the end of season. Two. Perfectly on on brand, I think, with this show. You know, we are talking <sighs> about the himbo king. Like it's, I I think that um, it might be like worth noting that. Like, this show really kicked off Pedro Pascal's dad era, you know, in his career. Because from here, he's only gotten, like, really good dad roles. Or, like, you know, he has played a dad or a stepdad or a father figure. Um, and I, I've split his career up into three um, sections now. And, and you can help me, like, divvy this up if you want. Or you folks at home can also help me divvy it up. I love saying you folks at home. It makes me so excited. <laughs> hey, folks at home. Our friends at home. I always sound like an old school, like, <laughs> I am New Yorker when I do that. I'm like, hey, folks at home. <laughs> you guys. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that. Career. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So the first the first part of Pedro Pascal's career is what I like to call call the baby era. Um these are the 1990s, the early 2000s where he's just like getting his smaller roles and like really building himself up, making all those connections in Hollywood that will one day pull through. For those listening uh not with our faces well, this isn't our face. This is a picture of Pedro Pascal and Buffy. But Can we uh, if you're listening, this is a picture of Pedro Pascal. When he shows up in Buffy, he's talking to Buffy Summers. An episode that I got to when I was watching it for the first time recently. Looked up <laughs> from my phone and yelled, Pedro! As if I knew him. <laughs> and it was my good friend. I had no idea was at my house. Um, but yes, it's a picture of him and Buffy where he is clean shaven and he plays. God, what was his character name? His character becomes a vampire very quickly and then Buffy yeah. kills him. But yeah. like, what was his character? I don't even remember what his character's name was. I don't know. I usually like have IMDb, IMDb open during our episodes, but I have failed uh, in, uh, in doing on. that. Hold on, I will look. It's uh, I want to say it's also uh, I, I want to. <laughs> I'm pretending like I know, and it's going to be like George. <laughs> I'm saying it's like Paul because um, the character like comes up and and basically like kind of semi flirts with Buffy. Yeah. Um, like I don't blame her. I would too. Um, and and then it's revealed that he's a vampire. And it's Eddie. His name is Eddie. I was nowhere Eddie. close. Aww, that's my widow's name. That's so cute. Um, I you're like uh, Paul George. <laughs> you're just gonna name every beetle until you get it. No. Uh, yeah, it's Eddie. Era, I'm thinking, and then and then his roles started like kind of climbing up. And something about his roles that I noticed in this era of themes, which was like the 2010s, I want to say, um, is that he just had this like knack for dying. 
Um, and that <laughs> we had that in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, uh, so the red viper of Dorne. See, okay, you you said to add to him. This this is crossover though. So when I say the red viper of Dorne, for those who don't know, I'm talking about the prince himself over on Martell. But I don't know what my dance I'm doing is, but I'm doing one. Um, but he's also a daddy, quite yes. literally. He has like a bunch of fucking daughters on this show. <laughs> he was, that's right. He has this like was, a bunch of daughters. Like like leading into his 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 Dilf era. Yeah, well, because he's a yeah, because he's a daddy who liked to fuck. Exactly, and you know what? <laughs> Just I respect that. And that, again, of course, spoilers for Game of Thrones. Petro Pascal's character Oberon Martell liked to fuck a lot, all the time, <laughs> as many as he can. And good for him, you know. Like, yeah, you know what? Good for life. Oberon. Oh it, no! <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Dad era Pedro Pascal Woo! kind of kicked off a little bit in in dead era. Like every once in a while, he played a dad like character or a character who was a dad, but it wasn't really the big deal of his character. I would say until we got here. God, and, and now it's been nonstop. Nonstop. He's everybody's dad now. Like I'm just. Have you checked to make sure he's not yours? Like I, I need you to know. That's <laughs> me. Call. Gotta make a call and make sure he hasn't just like my dad hasn't been recast as Pedro Pascal because I wouldn't want that. <laughs> <laughs> I just I it's been the Mandalorian. It was uh, we can be heroes. He's kind of like a father. Maxwell Lord. Maxwell Lord is a, a dad. You know, like uh, and and the Last of Us. Joel is very much a reluctant adoptive dad to Ellie. So yeah, we are hot. In the middle of dad era, who knows what's going to happen next? Oh, I hated that face I just made. I'm listen to that part in a podcast. Close your eyes. You made you, you made that one space. What's that in the in the uh, going back to Star Wars? The uh, behind the scenes for Attack of the Clones, where like Hayden Hayden is walking toward like the the lake scene, and he like sticks out his tongue and like wiggles his eyebrows a little. It, that's, that that's was the what face. I made. Yeah, that's the face that she made. It's fine. I've made that face several times and I felt like really ridiculous. I don't know why he did it because now I'm prone to doing it. Um, yeah. It doesn't I like, like <laughs> it's never good when you stick your tongue, but I do it all the time. Like I'm like, nah, and then I regret it. <laughs> it's instant regret and I do it all the fucking time. Uh, it's okay. I don't judge you. I do it um, too. But yeah, so we are in the daddy era. <laughs> we are hot in the middle of the dad era of Pedro Pascal. And I am just so happy to be here, you know, it because it can go any way. You can have some wholesome family stories. You can have something heartbreaking, um, you know, and and I'm, I'm pleased to be here. Just pleased. I wonder if he's going to be a dad in the bubble. Can I live? Can you, like, not? <laughs> I'm, a young, I'm a young woman. But every time I see a kid, I'm like, can we? I don't want children right now. No, yeah, I'm see, too, like, I have too many things to do. I have a friend who has like this this t perfect plan where it's like, she, you know, children are great, but like she's going to wait till she like marries Delph. Then they come with it. <laughs> I mean, I want to have kids. Package but I'm deal. Also, like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I would like to adopt more baby Yodas. I, I, I love, I love. Yeah, I got a bitch ass cat. <laughs> I know. I've got, I've got this guy over here, my human boy, cat son. So, you know, anyway, let's move on from that. 
We're talking about the episode of the I feel like I've seen this episode so many times. I'm so comfortable with it that I can like weave in and out of a conversation with it. And that's the problem is that like we're running a professional podcast, Rachel. We <laughs> were like, anyways, let's talk about 20 other things. And then do you remember yeah. that episode of the Mandalorian? <laughs> anyways, ooh. but that's okay. So you wanted to talk about Muppets. You were very excited because the episode opens with. Two Chilean-Americans. Two, two Chilean-American actors, Horatio Sands and Pedro Pascal, um, which I think is, like, it's so cool that, like, you know, <laughs> I love this. This is so hilarious. They, they just seem, they look so silly. So I've just thrown for anybody listening uh, on the screen uh, a screenshot from Pedro's uh, Instagram stories around, this was like episode, season two that he posted this one. Um, and it says, uh, Chilean Chilenos, Mithril and the Mandal, ha, uh, Mando, hashtag ACS uh, hashtag Viva Chile Mierda. Um, and he tagged the Horatio Sands and stuff like that. I love that I can just curse in Spanish and no one will flinch, um, except for our Spanish listeners. He'll be like, eh. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and so like, it, it just felt like nice, like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm Latinx, but you know, I'm white. And so, um, I'm always fighting and, and wanting more representation for people who don't look like me and stuff. And, um, it never really, like, it doesn't hit you that you're, you're on screen or like you're the people from like where you're from are on screen until like it really happens. Um, and it just felt like really nice to just watch two Chilean actors like lead the first solid 20 minutes of this show, like the majority of the dialogue, the majority of the characterization and interactions. And like, I just am so happy to see that in Star Wars. And I want to see so much more of that with so many more people because um, it really it, it, it made me very proud. So, yeah, it was and it's just like really cool to, to know that like. You know, like, I know a lot of Chilenos over at Lucasfilm and stuff, like, it's, it's, there, there are a lot of Chilean fans, like, Star Wars is really big in South America, and um, so I, I hope that, like, other people were also just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> and I wasn't the only nerd, um, but yeah, it, it was a very, very cool, I love the way they bounce off of each other, too, like, they have a very good chemistry, and I feel like people might have been annoyed that Mithril came back in season two, but I was just really excited to see him pal around with Pedro some more. Yeah, I mean... On the flip of that, I'm a comedy nerd. So I just was like, yeah, great. Bring Horatio yeah. Sands back. Like, I don't care. Exactly. And we <laughs> need to yeah, love Horatio Sands. I don't give a, I don't care if his character didn't need to come back. Who, who, who gives a shit? Yeah. It's Star Wars. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm. You guys brought Palpatine back for no fucking reason. We have Horatio Sands come back. Exactly. I feel like, I feel like the, the gate was lifted when that whole story was put forth. So it's like. <laughs> No, I want all my favorite characters back. <laughs> You're like, you brought back Palpatine for no fucking reason? Horatio exactly. Sands can come back in season two. Exactly. And I, I thought that that was a, a really good use of his character, too. So it was yeah. it was cool to see him. And it's just so cool to see that kind of representation in the show. And um, yeah, it meant, meant a lot to me. Um, so let's talk about lines of note. What are, what's your favorite? You don't even, it doesn't have to be a, a Pedro line in this episode because I don't believe yours oh, was. It, it, but... Yes, it is. It's two, It's a double. Ooh. Because my favorite part, I love IG 11. I think that is such a fun droid. 
Mm-hmm. He's like, I spin around, shoot things, and then I became a nanny. Um, <laughs> and I'm voiced by Taika Waititi. But uh, I loved how IG-11 kept trying to self-destruct, and then it gets to the point where Manto is like, do not self-destruct. <laughs> He's like yelling at him. And I just think it's such a fun setup because the whole time this droid's like, all right, I'm going to self-destruct. All right, I'm going to self-destruct. All right, I'm going to self-destruct. And it's just like the way he said it where he was just like, do not self-destruct. I was like, great. That's, I need to hear that. So thank you. It was my favorite line from this whole pilot. There's so many Mando lines that I just want to like record. And like my old school brain is like, oh, I'm going to make a ringtone out of this. (laughs) Yeah, imagine I'm going to wake up every morning to, I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. I'd be like, hello? That's motivation. What? I'll get up. Where are we going? <laughs> Good morning? Hello. Hello. Yeah. Hi. It's, it, I, I love that line so much. And it was just like the first line that we were really introduced to um, the, the Mandalorian with, because that's the clip that was... Uh, that's one of the clips that was shown at the, uh, at celebration. And so, yeah. Mm. So amazing. <laughs> and, uh, I tried to look for it and I, I like, I, I, I didn't want to play a YouTube clip from someone else, but like, I was also like the, the whole <sighs> hit the, the voice and the quotes from Mando hit different when you know that Pedro Pascal's out here, like it's kind of a bedroom voice. I'm like, sir, thank you for letting us know what your bedroom voice is like (laughs) sir well i mean okay so my my co-worker the reason she watched mandalorian was not because i talk about it all the fucking time but because she saw the tiktok of the one cosplayer who plays who i think his name's like dank Dajaran. look him Mm -hmm. up on tiktok he's great but she saw the tiktok that was going around that was to the part where it's like the part of wop (laughs) Yeah, hey, I didn't write the lyrics of WAP, but I'll sing them for you. It's where she's like, "I want you to touch that little dingly thing that sings in the back of my throat," and it cuts, <laughs> and it cuts to Dinda Jar and going, "Yeah, good." <laughs> like that was what sold her on watching the Mandalorian. <laughs> Wait, you? Oh, that's what sold you. Hey, you know there are a lot of reasons that people are into this show, and I. <laughs> I'm just here to let you guys know that you're valid. You know, if you're watching The Mandalorian because you're a little uh, H-O-O-R-N-E, um, <laughs> that's up to you. That's your, your priority. I'm really good at spelling. <laughs> I put the two O's in there just in case. We've already, like, gotten close to to copyright infringement in this episode. So <laughs> YouTube will be like, no, she said horny on the broadcast. <laughs> you should did it any- did it anyway there you go uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, yes that's my favorite line. so is your, your favorite lines the if i can bring you in warm or i can bring you in cold yeah definitely for i feel like i could my voice is already raspy i was like i could every day i could either say things and it would sound like kind of fun mm-hmm. and by fun i mean sexy i guess or i would just be like i can bring you in <laughs> Harm, I can bring you in called. <laughs> I'm the I Mandalorian. I want to dub over the whole episode <laughs> with that now. I just want yeah. 
God. Clips. Oh my God. Rachel, we're going to have to create an Instagram reel now. Like BW Mandalorian is a California girl. Yeah, just like the way. That's not the way. I love I'm not making fun of California girls. I am from Valencia. Yeah. <laughs> just putting that out there. I'm not making that. fun. We switched places, we switched coasts. <laughs> well, I back and forth because I was born in Pittsburgh, moved to Valencia, and then came back. I'm like, yeah. I'm a hop along. Oh, that's but cool. Yeah, except my accent's a hot mess. But <laughs> but yeah, I can, I would be the Mandalore. I would be Dindujarin as a Valley girl. Yes, yes, I love that. I'm yeah. gonna have to make it now. Good. We're gonna have to make it now. <laughs> Uh, I want over oh, the we'll do that in IG11 we'll have like a very strong Russian accent it was just gonna be like I, I, will have to I have to kill the child I must go <laughs> the orders were to kill the client on site <laughs> oh my I God. knew you could do it kid <laughs> Growl -go. oh, what an Growl -go. episode what an episode we chose. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, anything else you want to talk about on this episode? Uh, closing thoughts. Let's see. Closing, closing thoughts. I'm very excited for season three. Um, season two was fun and stuff, but I feel like a lot of the focus was on getting Grogu to where he needed to go rather than like learning a little bit more about Mando. And that's fine. Like I, I accept that pacing. I accept that like, Season two needed to be a vehicle for new characters to weave in and out of. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, uh, I'm ready to get back to Mando stuff in season three. Because there's just Mandalorian history is like full of little like holes and gaps. And like, oh, yeah, also there's a cult involved now. And, and this happened. And and yeah, now there's like a, a guy who created like a dark saber out of nowhere, you know. Yeah, so I just I would like more um, threads tied up, especially through Mando's eyes as as a foundling. Um, so we'll, hopefully we see more of that this, uh, this season. Yeah, um, I mean I hope he like I mean I don't want this show to not be about him. Like I that was my fear, mm -hmm. but uh, I think like there's no way that this show is gonna go away from Din. Uh, he's thinking of Mandalore again. Really. He's the title, uh, yeah. title character and he's the king of Mandalore. But um I do now that he's like taken off his I mean we're we'll get to that in a minute, but like now that he's taken off his helmet multiple times, um what I hope for season three. I like that we're talking about our hopes for season three as if we we don't have what there's so many episodes seventeen episodes or whatever it is we're talking about. But um I I just like I want him to go back, and the reason I'm thinking this is because in the pilot, she's in it. That blacksmith lady, like, the all of them were sitting there lying to this kid his entire life, saying, like, no, this is the Mandalorian way. And But they're not lying, but they're not saying that there are different factions of the Mandalorian, because in their brain, they are the one true Mandalorian, whatever. I want Din to go back and, like, confront them and be like, you didn't tell me that this is not just the only Mandalorian way. Yeah, and hopefully Armor is still alive to uh, to do that because that was left. I would say by Star Wars standards, she is still probably very much alive. Uh, yeah, like I don't. It wasn't. 
When it's not clear and not like, yeah. you do not see a body hit the floor and lose breath in Star Wars, you can be suspicious. Like, like fucking Boba Fett is alive. Boba Fett climbed out of a Sarlacc. Darth Maul survived in the garbage as a two-piece person. Palpatine cloned himself and like operated himself by crane. Um, no one's dead. No one's dead. No one dies. Like when Except Fennec Han Solo died. with a hole in his heart. Oh, he is super dead. Like he, <laughs> but he was like intentionally dying. He was like, I'm good. Like, you know, Han got to that point in his life. <laughs> <laughs> if I gotta go, I gotta go. You know, let's go. <sighs> I'm on contract to die this movie. <laughs> you told me one movie, man. One movie. Why'd you make me come back for another? Um, <laughs> he was doing his part. Yeah. I, uh, I'm <laughs> so sad. So sad. <laughs> my brother, this is, I'm sorry, I will play the video myself. Um, my brother, <laughs> I'm playing the tangent video for those listening. My brother, because um, uh, that just made me think of, my brother called me and he was like, hey, do you have anything signed by Carrie Fisher? And I was like, yeah, like uh, the Princess Diarist. It was like the last time I saw her in person. She signed my book. He goes, oh, because I was watching Pawn Stars and they has sold a thing signed by her for a thousand dollars and i went great this is the book i'm saving if my house is burnt down it's third it's first my cat is third like i'm saving this book oh i'm God. saving like some other thing and then my cat like i was like that book is going nowhere and he goes but yeah you can uh you can sell it and i was like that's not going anywhere that's no. my carrie fisher book and mm -hmm. i love it with my whole heart yeah yeah, exactly. I, no one would ever. I, I don't understand people who would let that go, except for like you know charity or something. You know, no. But, those are the people who don't care enough. They're just like, oh, it's probably worth money now. She's dead. Versus yeah. like fans who are like, I'm never letting this go. Oh, exactly. Uh, every every carry memory I have is very precious in my head. But mm -hmm. yeah, I'm. You know, I forgot what we were talking about when we were. We, were, <laughs> we started talking about how the the. The blacksmith and the other Mandalorian are not yeah. dead. Yeah. So and we started talking about Han Solo and it went. <laughs> I am sure that a majority of those Mandalorians are dead, uh, just because like the the skulls and the armor and stuff like that. But I also believe that like she is very much not dead. Oh, yeah. And because of that, we are going to see her back, hopefully, hopefully, uh, working on rebuilding or finding other Mandalorians. So you know, might see oh, something sure not, especially with the uh, the the dark saber now in the Mandalorian's care and Din's care. So, oh, talk about a hot scene when yeah. he's fighting. That oh, that, it was great. I just love that scene. We're talking about a completely different episode now, but I just, oh, it's perfect. Like I don't want him to ultimately have it forever. Like he he deserves a quiet life on a farm, not to be the you know, stressed out by being the king of Mandalore, but you know, good for him also. Yeah, good for him. Mm -hmm. The yeah. king of Mandalore. Okay, let's wait. Are we rating? Yes. This uh, my shirt or? <laughs> you know, I uh, I didn't prepare any of that, um, but I did prepare. At least we have images of these things. So it uh, it's 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 darn near time. For stash of the week. Whoa! Oh wait, what was my song? Stash, 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 the stash, 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 the stash. 
The stash on everybody's <laughs> lips is gonna be bad drugs. Very good. Oh, Again, if someone we song. need to like actually have some kind of musician like give us some backing music and and then you can just like really shimmy it up. All my fussy training. I love it. Love it. Oh, all that uh, middle school musical work. <laughs> so there are three known mustaches in the Pedro Lorian universe. Um, and we are here to rate them, despite the fact that we are inevitably going to be talking about the Mandalorian again. Um, <laughs> so let's let's talk let's talk about uh, which order we want to perceive this in. I feel like number three, and you can disagree with me, uh, has to be uh, season one, the final episode, because it, it's like not not entirely a mustache. Um, He's like, almost dying. He's like dying. He's like super sweaty, covered in blood. There's like a little hair you can see. Like he's, it was there. Now it's kind of cut into. Um, it's just not a comfortable mustache. So uh, I would put this in rank three. That was much. I mean, in season two, it wasn't as bad. But like that moment in season one was so funny because everyone online, myself included, we mm -hmm. all knew who the Mandalorian was. But the mask came off, and we all went, oh, Pedro Pascal? Like, like, we all didn't know. Like, it oh said his name God. every episode, and we were like, what? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, this, I agree. This is third. Yeah. Third. Yeah. First so one. that's that's our third one. Uh, our second one, I am downloading right now. Hold on one sec. I feel like this is kind of a number uh, second place kind of deal, because... It's not, it's not really a mustache. Like, he clearly shaved before. This is another finale look. Um, before this particular moment, uh, there's, like, again, there's, like, some faint facial hair. But, like, he was in a rush, dude. He had to go save his son. So. <laughs> yeah. He truly. Like this whole look. <laughs> that whole scene. I just, like, oh, kill me. Poor he took dude. his face off and then baby Yoda touched his face. I loved it. I loved it so much. <sighs> of course, I don't blame him for not having so much facial hair there. You know, he didn't want to scare the kid or anything like that. Um, so I want to put my hand on his face. I'm just I mumbling. I'm so this sorry. Is like, this is like a, a a week or two Star Wars time wise after our number one mustache. So we've already had our a number two, number three. Uh, here's our number one. <laughs> Walked away. Anyway, that's all I can think of when this scene. The God. Oh, hello. Look this is my favorite scene in all of Star Wars. Like, the fact that he can't physically, like, he turns his entire body. <laughs> like, oh. uh, it's so good. It's so good. Mm -hmm. I love it so love much. It. Yeah, this is, and it's easily, like, the best uh, uh, as far as, like, grooming and all of that goes. Like, very well kept. He hasn't started. He's only just begun to lose his mind um, as far as missing Grogu goes. So he's not fully, like, you know, his face isn't all bloated with crying right now. And, like, he's just really nervous and freaked out because he, he's, uh, he's naked, you know? Yeah, he turns 
So, so there we go. That's our number one. <laughs> number one stash in the Mandalorian. Yes. So far. We'll see what happens. For, for Pedro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For Pedro. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Our honorable our honorable mentions certainly go to Cobb Vanth for expert facial hair. Um as well as Carl Weathers for also having just expert hair in this whole, like every time Grief Karga showed up, he just looked on point, you know? So great mustache. Apollo Creed goes to space. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and he got the, the, the success he deserved. He's very rich now. I'm very proud of him. He gets a school. He's not dead. Yeah. His son, Jordan might show up later. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't complain. Wouldn't complain. It's like we tried to shut up as Grief Cargo's son. It's like, hello, yeah. the Korean universe and the Mandalorian are entwined. Please, I I would not complain. I think that's a fantastic idea. It's just like his son just shows up out of nowhere, and Grief is like, oh, I've got some grief with my son. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, Lol. Well, all right. I think I need to probably get to the end of our episode because I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a lot stupider if I keep going. So uh, this has been fun, guys. I don't know about you, but we have been on a journey. It's been it's been quite the journey, and I'm so glad that we've been able to take it with all the hitches along the way. Ah, all right. <clears throat> we'll be back in like two weeks. Maybe I think so to talk about another subject having to do with Pedro Pascal. But before we close up, I did want to put out a little shout. You know, if you have uh, a favorite Pedro movie that or or TV show or TV episode or something accessible to watch that we can cover and you really want to see us talk about it, um, hit up the comments section or leave us a message on whatever platform you're on or, or at us on Twitter and uh, and we'll put it in the list because we have, there's just so much content that we can cover and I really am looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, what she said. <laughs> All right. I'm so good at words. We are obviously ending the episode now, but before we go, Rachel, I want to know where to find you and all your fabulous work. You can follow me on Rachel or on Twitter at Rachel Leishman and on Instagram, it's Rachel underscore Leishman. Mm. Tweet me pictures of Pedro Pascal or Pedro Pascal to slide <laughs> into my DMs. Uh, you can, <laughs> oh no. I've lost it. You oh. can also read my work at the Mary Sue, where most of the time I'm talking about superheroes, Star Wars, or Pedro Pascal movies, or Overtime Jr. movies. I have, I have many layers. Um, <laughs> Katrina, where can the fine folk find you? Well, you can look for me anywhere on the internet if you search for O H C A T R I N A. That's O Katrina with a C. Uh, I host this great little podcast called. Pascal Pod, and I also host another great little podcast called Itu Banta Tambien. Um, and uh, yeah, I do I do lots of funny things on Twitter sometimes, maybe. So please do follow me there, and make sure that you follow the podcast. Uh, if you have not subscribed and you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss anything. Um, if you are not following us on your preferred uh, platform, Follow us if you'd like to know when our new episodes are. Um, we're just happy to be here. So please do. Yeah. And 
like, uh, subscribe, whatever they always say at the end of these um, videos. Yeah. Hey, gamers. <laughs> uh, hey, also, YouTube. <laughs> make you sure want to see me us. play Dindajarin as a valley girl? Yes, I very much do. That's going to be our new <laughs> video game, the Pascal Pog video game. And and also make sure to follow us on Twitter at, what is it, Pod Pascal? It's Pod um, Pascal everywhere, I believe. On every Instagram, on the Twitters. Yeah. Go ahead and give us a follow. We're going to be putting out some fun stuff that will hopefully make you smile. Um, <laughs> but until next time, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to be here and be leaving here and be back later. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Good. Bye.